0: We're back. I don't know what happened. I think I passed out like right after the third overtime and I woke up like right before the cow game. I had to go to the hospital. Was totally depleted of quack. I was dequacded. Nothing left.
1: It's a new verb I've never heard before. It's like those it, it, it's like those intense scenes in movies where You know, you wake up all discombobulated, and they do like the super close-up shot of your eye, and like look inside to side, and you don't know, you don't quite know where you are. That's pretty much what happened. Exactly.
0: Like I saw Arian Springs pick off the pass, and I was just kind of like crumpled into my couch and just laid there, like that one girl from like the uh, Dare commercial where she smokes weed. Oh, by the way, this is. This might turn into like some adult references, and uh, just in case you're like under the age of eighteen, just a heads up. And so remember, like she smokes weed, and her friend is like, she used to be a lot of fun, but now since she smokes weed, she's just been like this, and she's just like a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> that was me after after the Arizona State game. That's uh, uh, pretty like, much it. Yeah, it was like at once. Oregon, once Dwayne Stanford came down with it in the end zone. My stat I tweeted out, I can't feel my face. Cause that play was unbelievable. Cause I watched it happen. And I just saw Vernon Adams running. And I was like, oh, he's just gonna throw this up, whatever. Oh my god, Dwayne Stanford just came down with it. What happened? It was it was unbelievable. And then I saw like a rear view of it, like from uh uh the, man what's it called uh from the view of um someone who's behind the line of scrimmage no i'm not high right now since i just referenced a weed commercial it's really late um are we talking like sky cam or like no it was like the all 22 and it was behind the line of scrimmage it was like by the back uprights Okay. and so you see Vernon scrambling and you see like Dwayne Stanford running across like wide open with his hand up mm-hmm. and I was like what a throw that is amazing because he just kind of like threw it up and just like let's see what happened let's just yeah. let us let Dwayne Stanford make a play on this and he did it was fantastic uh, even though Evan Bayless basically like truck sticked him in the end zone Yeah. That play was just something else. Like that was that that
1: game. I remember that game I had to I had to be up at I think like four AM the next day to catch a flight across the country. And so I was I was just not having the Pac twelve after dark and I was like, Okay, we're just we're we're gonna go to bed and whatever happens, happens. And I had like I for whatever reason I didn't set my phone on like do not disturb mode or something. Oh. So as soon as the the like game tying touchdown catch happened, my phone just starts blowing up and I'm like <laughs> I go over to look at it, I'm like, what what could possibly be happening right now? And it's just like a thread of text. It's like, Jesus, what is going on? What just happened? And I like go to Twitter and I'm like, oh God, everything everything just happened
0: yeah
1: and so you know and then yeah watched over time and got a whole whopping like three hours of sleep and it was fantastic yeah i love pac-12 after dark that was like that was that was peak pac-12 after dark oh yeah that was the first oregon triple overtime game since 1999 who was it against I think it was against, like, the last time it was against, like, USC or something.
0: I'm going to look that up. That's a great tip, trivia question. Also, someone gave us the shout-out on Sparky Disney. We actually have to, like, figure out something to do. Because <laughs> we always make the comment, like, oh, we're going to hook somebody up, and then we never do. And we have to do it <laughs> now. Never- because that was so deep in, like, an, an 80-minute pod. We have to get that figured out. Yeah. So oh wow, good call. Uh in nineteen ninety nine, September twenty fifth, against US, number sixteen USC at home, uh Oregon had a thirty three to thirty win in triple overtime. That if you end up with thirty three points in a triple overtime
1: Jesus Wow Um also and then they went and then they went on and lost at Washington the next week. So that's how you knew it was way back when.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um oh, they played at Michigan State. What a coincidence. Um and they lost 20 to 27. Um Oh, that was the year they beat Minnesota in the Alamo Bowl or in the Sun Bowl. Man, that was an old game. That was that go, That takes me way back. Um back when I was in 3rd grade. Um. So, how much do we want to talk about the Arizona State? Let's let's put some time into Arizona State because that that was a very polarizing game. Yes. Um. So, at the end of that, at the end of a 61 to 55 win over a game that we were underdogs in after having after losing to teams like Washington State. Uh, and getting decimated by Utah. After a sixty-one to fifty-five win, we need to fire Scott Frost yeah. and Don Pelham.
1: Yes, just fire everyone. Right.
0: So <laughs> after, so the offensive coordinator, who just led an offense that got sixty-one points, he needs to go.
1: Yep. Fire he needs to go. out just the door. Get
0: rid of him. <laughs> We averaged 6.6 yards a carry. (laughs) Toss it. We're done here. Oh, man. Oh, man. Man, that's just... Like, granted, the the Royce Freeman runs, I don't understand. The Braylon Addison pass in triple overtime. Mm Mm-hmm. Is maybe one of the most questionable play calls I've ever seen. Yeah. But... We just averaged 7.7 yards per pass and 6.6 yards per rush. Like... It's pretty good. That that That's pretty efficient. That'll get the job done. Yeah. I'm trying to find sack numbers, but there were a fair amount of sacks that game. Um... So, I mean, if you really want to make the case to fire anyone after that game, it's Don Pelham, but, <laughs> I mean...
1: Yeah, here's, here's Arizona State. Arizona State threw for 398 yards and five touchdowns. They ran for another 344 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. They had two guys... So you had you had a guy who had 12 carries for 127 yards and he was not the leading rusher. DeMario (laughs) Richard led the way with 19 carries and 135 yards and a touchdown. Mike Bercovici nearly threw his arm off. He threw the ball 53 times Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for 398 yards, 5 touchdowns, 2 interceptions. I
0: would like to point out the Arizona state also ran about (laughs) over like about 110 plays.
1: Yeah. They had 53 passes and 55 runs.
0: Yeah. So when you have to defend that many plays, that's going to happen. That's actually going to happen. Also realize, realize this. I feel like this is the dynamic with a few guys. Uh, Oh, shout-out to Balducci, who really played well. Um, shout-out to Arian Springs, who is maybe, I would say, him, Coleman, and Buckner are the three best players on defense. And it's not even, like, a question. Like, Arian Springs against Cal was an absolute superstar. Welcome back to the Cal game, though. Hmm. Um, but I mean, there was, there was so much to like, like that defense was looking so much better, it was looking so much better than when we saw them earlier. Yeah. Like when you have to defend over a hundred plays, that's going to happen. Like they pretty much, Arizona state pretty much doubled the amount of plays we ran
1: it, yeah, it's like saying that you know, it's like when people who didn't really watch Oregon football used to criticize them for always losing the time of possession battle. Yeah, and it's like, well, they just they just run their offense so fast that yeah, they're going to lose it every single time, and they're never going to win that. But it doesn't like doesn't really matter. But it's like when. Yeah, it's like oh my god, we gave up so many yards. Well, yeah, if you if you're on if your defense is on the field for 110 plays, then yeah, you're giving up at least 6 or 700 yards that night easily, no question.
0: Oh yeah. And it's not even so much as like the I mean the other factor is the amount of plays was unbelievable. The second important thing to remember is oftentimes, like, a lot of the time, Oregon would get, like, a three and out. And so there would be barely time in between... um, in between the drives that they had to defend. Mm-hmm. So it's really tough to, like, play that many downs all within, like, a shorter time span. It's not like a lot of these, uh, like it was like back and forth and each team had like their own time to like kind of hit, mm-hmm. hit their plays and everything. There were a lot of three and outs. The biggest weakness. Oh, by the way, I want to point out this stat on third downs. Oregon was three of 14. Ugh. On fourth down, Oregon was three for three. <sighs> um, he, here was, here was the big issue. Uh, With Arizona State It really all came down to third down play Mm -hmm. Because Arizona State had 23 third downs And Converted 14 of them So That that all comes down to uh, Oregon Wasn't able to make um, ASU One dimensional And I think a big difference you see is against Cal. We made we were able to make Cal one dimensional. Uh ASU was able to like throw and pass. Their running was like clockwork. Um I frankly just don't believe that the front seven is that talented. I think there's a couple individuals who really excel. I think the rest of them pretty much top to bottom in the depth chart of people playing are not talent. Don't have, excuse me, don't have high ceilings. Mm -hmm. They pretty much are who they are. Like, so so they are who we thought they were. Exactly. Someone in the quack fix was, uh, I I was like, well, it doesn't make sense to blitz. If, uh, if, uh, if no one can beat their block, like if no one can get off of whoever's blocking them, it makes zero sense to blitz. You might as well just like, rush two at that point and mm-hmm. just play nine back. And they're like, why, why haven't we been able to do this in practice? Like, six weeks have happened. It's like, dude, they're seniors. They haven't learned it by now. Like, there's been four years where that's been an issue. If they haven't learned it by now, they're not learning it. Yeah, exactly. So, I think in the past when players were used more situationally and... I think that we've seen recently we've seen like a lot more bright spots out of them and they've had some better moments they're like working better as a team but for the most part I think I think it's really important to remember that Oregon does not get highly ranked defensive players right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't think anyone like people love going to the uh Oregon offense because it's sexy and fast and they score a lot of points I don't think anyone's like you know that defense that has to play all the time and that everybody rips on I don't think I'm going to go play for that defense I don't know if anybody says that
1: yeah it's like and especially now with like how just how statistically bad the 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 defense has been this year and I I think I, I linked in a quack fix to a a piece mentioning it that they, they're they on pace to be the worst defense in school history this year, like oh. just straight, straight bottom of the barrel. Yes. And yeah, when you're an elite defensive recruit, you're not going to be like, Oh yeah, the, uh, I'm going to go to Oregon. They have the worst defense in the country and they have a defensive coordinator that everyone hates and wants to fire. That seems like a good place to go.
0: Yeah, but you know, people still keep going to the University of Miami. I don't know what to tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because it's clearly it's all about the U.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, once it, once Luther Campbell can't get on campus, you know exactly what's going on. <laughs> you know that's 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 the real crime here. Luther Campbell can't get around Miami. Um, what I saw that in the comments too, and I asked for according to what statistic. Do you know what that was according to?
1: Let me let me pull it up real quick. Okay, because uh,
0: I don't think I saw a response or actually even went back and looked at it.
1: Yeah, let me pull that up. It'll take just a second here. And, but, 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 worst defense in school history. It was from a Registered Guard article. Oregon football may break a record. It doesn't want to break. No
0: such thing. We're all about breaking records.
1: Oregon's defense this season has given up 307 points in eight games, or 38.38 points per game. If that trend continues, the 2015 edition of the Ducks will shatter the all-time school record for both total points allowed and points allowed per game. The 1977 Ducks hold the top spot for generous UO defenses. Oregon allowed 377 points and 34.27 points per game. That season, Oregon lost 54-0 to to Washington, 56-17 to to LSU, and 56-20 to to Washington State.
0: I think you can say... Allowed them more points than anybody in school history, but to say it's the worst defense is a huge stretch. I mm-hmm. think that is that seems a little ridiculous to me. Well, I mean statistically, that is true, but I also think it's misleading.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: um, because offenses are just so wild today. Like, if if any offense. Just don't even take, like, the improved athleticism. Just take the offensive schemes and put it back in 1977. That 77 team is probably just, like, just putting its hands up in the air. Just like, I don't know what to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, one thing that I think it's important to point out, especially with Pac-12 refs who are terrible but seem to be have been outdone by uh, – ACC refs the last few weeks. Um is if you have a close game and the refs have a chance of determining it, the outcome, it's kind of on you at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think if you get that close, like you you and it's like it could go this way, it could go this way, like you have to assume that that's going to be a risk. You know? Like in the Arizona State game, Braylon Addison uh, caught a ball that was ruled a touchdown. I don't think it was a touchdown. Um,
1: yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just take the stance that uh, you know
0: I've watched Stevens.
1: that I've watched that replay probably at least thirty times by this point, and I think uh, you know. I, I think it's one of those things where it was so close that because it was ruled a touchdown, it exactly. stayed a touchdown.
0: Exactly,
1: and you, you're kind of bailed out by there's not enough conclusive video evidence to overturn it. Because mm-hmm. it's like you know, we all know if if you overturn something, then it has to be blatantly obvious from the video
0: uh-huh.
1: that it was, you know that there's enough evidence to overturn it. And, like, I think we did a... I, I think I threw in a a quick poll on the site of, you know, was it a catch or was it not a catch? And it was... I think it was split, like, you know, 55, 45. And it's like, you know, you can watch that video 50 times and 25 people who think it'll be a catch and 25 people think it's not a catch. And when it's that split, then you know, whatever the original call is, is going to be the one that stands. I don't think it was the right call, but it happened. and
0: Yeah. And I mean, Oregon got robbed on the one replay. That was Mm -hmm. overturned. Um, I think there also should... Yeah, I think there also should have put an option that says, I don't give a fuck. We won. I don't care what anybody else says. I would have voted (laughs) for that one. Um... Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: and I mean... Option C, haters gonna hate.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, looking at the Arizona State game, I don't think either team really deserved to win that game. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we statistically, on a per-play basis, were better than Arizona State was. Um, And and we had a special teams touchdown. Mm -hmm. And we got totally bailed out by Arizona State deciding to pass the ball on (laughs) second when they're on the goal line they opted to pass the ball Okay, so they're like on like the second they're on the three yard line and they run like an inside slant and they pass it Mm -hmm. why are you passing the football? Why? You have been running through our defense all night. Our defense is incapable of getting off blocks uh, as long as you run the ball away from Buckner and uh, Coleman. And, like, they lined up with, (laughs) like, an H-back and a receiver in towards the line opposite of the two of those guys. And they threw it two times in a row. I also want to point out uh that when Arian Springs picked the ball off, the receiver, the Arizona State receiver, gave up on the play. Mm-hmm. He runs the slant and three cut and like three steps out of it at full speed. He takes his pedal off the gas, and Arian Springs jumps in front. It's like the receiver wasn't expecting, like gave up. He gave up on the player, like wasn't expecting the football, and so he stops. Arian Springs jumps in front. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Wow! Like that's the t- that's the. T- no one wanted this game. And I I just yeah. don't know. I just don't know how you, like. He gave up. I just I'm I have the clip up right now. It's unbelievable how he just like jogs out of a cut. (laughs) Like, I would not want to be him in the film room on Monday or Sunday. Like can you imagine getting to that play and then like everybody just kinda looks at you?
1: Yeah, it's just like uh, Like, my bad my bad guys. Dude
0: Man. That was Man, but we won. I don't care. <laughs> um, Hater's gonna hate. We won. Here's here's the bright spot, though. So um, Frost didn't get fired. Uh, he scored forty-four points against Cal. Uh, Pelham didn't get fired, and this defense took it to Cal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just took it. Jared Goff, oh, wait, here we, here we go on offense. Vernon Adams, 91.5 QBR. Those are almost Marcus Mariota numbers. A 17 of 29. Oh, shout out to Marcus Mariota, who is the AFC player of the week. Uh, Four offensive touchdowns, including the game-winning one against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, go Titans. Uh, and Marcus Mariota continues to be the most amazing person of all time um vernon adams 17 it's
1: not a sling and quack episode until we give a shout out to marcus (laughs)
0: um vernon adams 17 of 29 300 yards 10.3 yards per pass uh four touchdowns two interceptions both of which were in the red zone so oregon could have broken 50 pretty easily Mm
1: -hmm.
0: jared goff 18 of 41 329 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. His QBR was 42.7.
1: That's not great.
0: No, and I would even like to point out this, too. Point out this. Uh, Cal had one turnover. One turnover. And Oregon won by three scores and it could have we've already established it could have been more mm-hmm. um Oregon had two red zone like this team this defense played so well at first we went down 10-0 and that was after a blocked punt which uh apparently was due to a uh, protection change they were going to make but it didn't get not everybody on the defense or not everybody on protection knew that they were changing it so cuz i was like why did Tyson Coleman make a mistake? Like, Tyson Coleman pretty much plays perfect every down. Like, yeah. I don't understand why he just made a mistake there. So that makes sense if he's, like, if no one actually told him um, what to do differently. Uh, Jared Goff was sacked two times. He was under pressure a ton.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: a ton. Um, he was, never looked comfortable back there. He was, like... You could tell, too, like, later in the game that he kind of, like, I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh, our defenses is so great. But he never got into a flow. He never got into a flow. Like, he took a couple deep shots. And here's here's my man, Arian Springs. Arian Springs played IFO, Oak prey levels. Like he was so good, the, Cal kept trying to go after him. Like they they went after him so much, and Arian Springs was there, was every was there every single time. He had one holding penalty. Uh, 5-11, 205. He had one holding penalty the entire game, and he shredded. He shredded. He was he was unbelievable. Juwan Williams, I hope he comes back, because he played fantastic against Washington. Um, Tyree Robinson is looking a lot better defensive back. I don't know if you know this from the Arizona State game, but we have a 6-4 defensive back. I don't know if you know that. They only told us like a million times. It was like Brock Osweiler. Wait, how tall is he? Yeah. Like, hey, wait, wait, wait. Did you guys know? Also, Aiden Schneider is currently the best kicker in college football.
1: Isn't that a weird feeling that we have We have a good kicker?
0: What is happening? Um, also, shout out to Scott Frost, who converted 10 of 17 third downs and had a new offensive record, 777 total yards, and that came against a Pac-12 opponent.
1: Jesus. This
0: isn't your Georgia State. This isn't your UNLV New Mexico State. This is Cal. Yeah. This is they,
1: Cal. Yeah. It, we, I mean, we we could have had we could have had the the drunk freshman from the top of the student section in at quarterback for this game. And Oregon still would have won just from the rushing game alone. They ran for 477 yards on the ground.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: We had three three guys with ninety-four yards or more rushing. Freeman had one eighty, Brooks James had one oh one. It was it it was a uh it was a fun game to watch if you if you like a running game. Oh yeah. And
0: I uh, think Oh, sorry, keep going.
1: And I was just gonna say the the astonishing thing is that there was not, not a single, despite having all those yards on the ground, the only rushing touchdown came from Vernon Adams. None of the running backs had a rushing touchdown.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yeah, Freeman, zero touchdowns. Brooks James, zero touchdowns. Taj Griffin, zero touchdowns. The, so the Vernon Ducks,
0: Adams rushed for one.
1: Yeah, Vernon Adams had one rushing touchdown. And four passing. And four passing touchdowns, good,
0: wow, good for him,
1: yeah, so, yeah, he did
0: it all. I'm looking at the play by play, and there's are, there are a fair amount of three and outs, and there was the one of like the four hundred and twenty seven yards Cal had of offense, eighty came on one play, which was a which was a uh, um, a deep bomb that Tyree Robinson almost picked off, but was redirected to a Cal receiver's hands. Mm-hmm. Like I think they had one other huge play too, and that was like almost, which was like over a third of their yards, which is just ridiculous. Like I don't know what else you could be. What you could be asking for, like there are so many third downs as I'm going through this. Yeah, I mean, this defense really showed up. Mm-hmm. Like there, was no, there were no breakdowns. A lot of the guys did their jobs. Uh, I mean, this was a great all-around performance. Like it was it was fantastic. Cal um, also benefited from a couple short fields, and they still only got 28 points. Um, it's coming together. It's coming together. I feel positive. The defense is looking better in some way, shape, or form every single week, even though last week against Arizona State, it was pretty, pretty rough. Mm-hmm. But they were still doing, they were still getting pressure. They were making some plays. The tackling was noticeably better. Uh, Still has a long way to go. But I think this defense is finally coming together. Like, that was the first time all that we had played consecutive weeks with the same starting defensive secondary. And I don't, I don't know how at this point uh, Coach Neal, the secondary coach Isn't considered one of the best Position coaches in the country Like He had talent coming in And then you have like Cissé and Springs Who had very limited experience But had kind of already done well In high uh, pressure situations mm-hmm. at, uh, In the playoffs mm-hmm playoffs uh but for the most part like ty griffin was playing quarterback three weeks before the season opener yeah he was taking snaps uh against michigan state and what was a perceived weakness got absolutely torched week one is now the most baller unit on this team like maybe maybe the running backs but that position is also largely dependent on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But just like Juwan Williams showing up against Washington, Arian Springs these last two weeks, just unbelievable. Like, how is this happening? Charles Nelson has been playing <laughs> safety for like three weeks, and he's yeah, like he's I remember
1: out there playing well. At the start of the season, just, you know, I remember the start of the season even, you know, I was just, me and everyone else constantly just ripping on the secondary and turned a corner
0: yeah i mean that was one of the things too we were kind of like well the only thing they're lacking right now is experience like Mm -hmm. the uh like the eastern washington receiver who was like a redshirt senior like tall athletic like one of the best in fcs it was kind of like in hindsight it was like wow it's just it's just the experience and the small experiences that you get like that where it's like you can just it doesn't matter how ta- how athletic or like talented as someone is when like when you get to college and pro it's like about how smart you are and how much like basically just how smart you are Like mm-hmm. 'cause because everyone's pretty much similar athleticism and everything and right. he was just. He had he knew all the little things like all like the things you gain from experience like intelligence and everything, uh. And he just took it to like Ugo Amadi and those guys, and it was just like it's it's those it's only those things though that you learn from like doing it, and when you're 18 and you're like. When you've been able to like smoke cigarettes or like go to strip clubs for like three months, you're not going to do that well against a 23 year old, right? Uh so oh also I I have a question for you I'm only going to want you to explain three the third one of these things but there are there are three things in the universe right now I don't understand uh black matter or dark matter why gravity exists and how Darren Carrington always gets open (sighs) Um, let's see uh, you don't need to answer the two because the, Neil deGrasse Tyson has I, I, got that
1: I, I think oh damn I was going to go after the the dark matter one okay. but I guess well, well go no
0: for go that for that it go for it
1: no absolutely okay. not
0: I know I know you wrote your dissertation on it but
1: I don't like to brag about it but you yeah, know, I just I, I dabble I dabble in the, the quantum physics on the side too oh, yeah um,
0: Cosmos on Blu-ray shout out How is
1: he? uh, Yeah, um, I I don't have an answer to that to any of those really. Um, But yeah, it's just like ever since ever since he came back, and it was like the the Washington game was it like first pass of the game? Adams hit Carrington for like a huge gain, yeah, and then. It was like the ma- the huge touchdown passes on the you know the first drive of his season. It's like, well, I guess he doesn't have any rust.
0: Yeah, I remember that touchdown or that that throw. Be like, what just yeah. happened? Well, a someone did, someone tried to take a shot like twenty yards past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> B, it was a touchdown. Like we just scored a touchdown. Like that was so rare at that point. Like, that offense, like...
1: People- Especially on the opening drive. We're, I was so used to just like, oh, first drive of the game, punt, cool. Oh, yeah.
0: People pe- people in the thread people in the thread are like, why are you guys bitching so much about this team? Well, there's nothing really to talk nicely about. Like, there's really yeah. very few positives <laughs> at this point. Colorado almost just beat us, and it wasn't even like Colorado played well. We were just, like, abysmal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I mean, t- tell me a bright spot from the Utah loss tell tell me something good that happened from that game
1: uh the game ended eventually that was the bright spot
0: yeah the national guard almost had to show up <laughs> yeah. like I really yeah people are like you guys sound like a bunch of fair weather fans from 2009 um no I sat through 2004 <laughs> in the stadium that was my first year having season tickets showed up lost to Indiana what, what the fuck is this <laughs> <laughs> I did not buy tickets to watch this. It's this not what I paid for. Yeah. Um, luckily that was during all like the builders fees, expansion costs during mm-hmm. uh when Odson expanded, so that's kinda how we slipped in at that point. Um before two thousand four and two thousand five. Uh but man, this team is looking so much better now. Like so much better. So I know I've just talked for like ten minutes straight but uh any any points you want to spell out you know you've been you've been hitting them
1: all um i think that this team is is clicking at the right point um you know i i still think it's it's kind of a loss season at this point and the biggest win we're going to get is going to be a you know more practices for whatever bowl game we afford to but i, I was I was having this conversation with my girlfriend the other night, and you, know, you, can, always, you can always pray for the, the Rose Bowl miracle and for Stanford to completely collapse at the end of the season here and this and that. But, I mean, hey, you, you, can, you can probably buy two tickets. Hell, you could probably even take a whole family to the Foster Farms Bowl. And get some food vouchers while you're at it too for the price of one Rose Bowl ticket. So, you know at least at least for me here in the Bay Area, that would be that would be the bright spot on that one. A little bit a little bit more affordable trip than shelling out for Pasadena again. I'm also trying to just like not get my hopes up that Stanford's
0: gonna collapse because I don't
1: see it happening.
0: Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I think uh, well, Foster Farms Bowl. You're being a little ridiculous
1: because the latest bull
0: li- projections just came out, and we're headed to the Royal Purple Las Vegas Bowl.
1: Oh Jesus! Yes. Well, see, you know that every yes. every Ducks. If you've ever like followed the Oregon media during the Pac-12 basketball tournament every year, you know that that's exactly what they're hoping for. Because it's just like, oh, I get a free trip to Vegas. Yeah. I'm going to go hit up the casino.
0: Yeah. Rob Mosley just partying at Aria or something. <laughs> I'd like to see Rob Mosley just pull an all-nighter, go straight from Tao to like, the <laughs> Vegas pool. Oh, also, also, I think it was after the first drive against Cal. Um, I'm one of those guys where it's, like, really uncomfortable, and I always try to, like, make a joke, or if someone's, like... I can tell if someone's, like, very, like, frustrated about something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I try to, like, make a joke to make him laugh. And after after the blocked punt and the touchdown, I uh, sent Rob Mosley a tweet. And I was like, what's your guess on how many Fire Pelham tweets you're going to get tonight? He goes, are we counting yours at the first? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, Rob. Rob, I didn't mean it like that, dude. Whoa
1: there, dude. <laughs>
0: Rob. Well, I mean... Honestly, he's probably not in the joking mood after that. He probably gets that so much now. Oh, I bet, yeah. And then other people were tweeting at me like, oh, uh, oh, he's just going to get salty and political again. What are we talking about? This is Rob Mosley. Like, I've been reading this guy for like nine years at this point, at least. Mm. Like... No, I, I don't think I don't think he's getting political. I think he's just salty at having to put up with the same people tweeting the same nonsense at him all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: it's funny for me, not for him. So yeah, yeah sorry, I, sorry, uh, Rob. Sorry, Rob.
1: <laughs> I'm excited though. I um, scooped up scooped up some last minute tickets for the Oregon Stanford game.
0: Oh, you're attending.
1: I, I will be in attendance. Ooh. Yeah. Um, for any of you who follow us on Addicted to Quack, I will, be, uh, I will be live tweeting from the, the wine and cheese cocktail uh, tailgater that we'll be attending.
0: Is it an actual wine and cheese tailgater? Is it like an official one or is that just what's going to be there? I
1: I wish I I don't know I was just trying to think of the most stereotypical Stanford way to tailgate and that's what came to mind. I'll in all actuality I'll actually be like rushing down from work, like we'll be driving down the freeway as fast as we can to hopefully get there by kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I will be in I will be up in section two twenty eight with with all the other Oregon fans. I bought the tickets through the school. Oh, nice. I was going to wait it out on StubHub, but just decided I'd give my money to the fine University of Oregon Athletic Department instead.
0: Yeah, I think they buy those from... Actually, I think they buy those from Stanford, and then if they don't get sold, they can just give them back.
1: Right, because that's what... Uh, California didn't sell out their section for the Oregon game because I I saw like...
0: Nobody there.
1: Go Go Ducks like posted this like promotional thing the week of the game that was like crash the section or something and they were selling tickets in the cow section for like 45 bucks.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah, this game was a lot of fun to go to. It was such a good pleasant surprise. Mm -hmm. Like at halftime it was... Thirty one to ten. But Oregon scored I think let me see, I gotta find this now. Um, Oregon scored thirty one points in a row. That took us all the way. What is going on right now? I thought my fridge was I thought my fridge was about to like (laughs) use like nitric oxide or whatever and just blow up my apartment straight you
1: just you just hear an explosion in the
0: background yeah straight Sebastian um, <laughs> yeah so in Oregon yeah that 31 second
1: in a row. yeah that second quarter when they scored 28 points before the half in that quarter alone that was that was when yeah I things kind of started to feel comfortable after that
0: yeah I mean at that point it was like this game is over this game mm-hmm. is over. Like, Cal just looks bad. Oregon's just going to keep rolling. And they even pulled within like 31 21. But Oregon was still in such control. Yeah. I like just such control. Like, Cal started off with the ball, scored kind of quick. Oregon punted. Cal scored uh, uh, again. Like, their first score was a field goal. And then, like, the next possession was a field goal and then Oregon scored a touchdown Cal had their explosion play Oregon hit another field goal and they were still like it was pretty clear Oregon had that well in hand the entire way through strike that after the five minute mark of the first quarter Mm -hmm. so grape drip guys I was pumped I was pumped Darren Carrington so good Buckner, Coleman, um, Springs, so many bright spots, so many bright spots. I was, I was thinking, I saw like the 477 yards and I knew, uh, Freeman almost hit 200 because he was just, I don't, I still don't understand how he's physically capable of a lot of things he does. And then Mm -hmm. Benoit is just next level. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. Like he's he's coming out of nowhere this year. Like he was, he had some weight on him last year, but you could still see he had like he moved and kind of played like a running back, like a really good running back. And then he came into the spring game down a ton of weight, and then he came into this year down a ton of weight, even more after the spring game. It's like wow, this guy looks good. He looks good, and he showed it off against Arizona State, just torching their secondary. And then he did it again this last week. Uh, yeah,
1: the depth—the depth in our backfield was just insane.
0: Yeah, Can I Benoit averaged twelve yards a carry. Tony Brooks James averaged fifteen yard, fourteen and a half yards a carry. Like, what if we had Thomas Tyner right now? I think Thomas Tyner would also be the best player. Would. If he came into this season healthy, he would have been the best running back. Keep in mind, he started against uh, in, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was the starter. Royce Freeman, I know, dropped off a little bit in the second half. Could be freshman. Could just be not used to uh, just like adapting to like the grind of a college football season.
1: Yeah, yeah. If um, we're t- if we're talking we're talking from from you know the end of last year. All these guys that we've been talking about this, these years are technically backups. And they're just crushing it.
0: Yeah. Man, it's just... I don't know what they're going to do next year. I think Thomas Tyner could go pro if he wants to. Um... You're talking
1: next, like this upcoming NFL draft? Yeah, this
0: upcoming one. I don't think so for a second. I don't think it's smart for him to.
1: I think it'd be like the Darren Thomas thing. Like somebody would tell him that he can make it and go pro, and then he'd declare and nobody would pick him up, and he'd become like a CFL journeyman or something.
0: That's a great point. I think that's a great argument. I think there were a lot of. Darren Thomas was a great college quarterback. Yeah. He pretty much kept uh, the game against Auburn in uh, competitive by himself, basically. Like, hitting people. Like, he played so well that game. Mm-hmm. Brought Oregon his first Rose Bowl win in, like, so, I don't even know, decades. Wasn't that, like, 1918 or something?
1: Oh yeah, I think it was nine. It was like ninety-five years since the last one.
0: Yeah, he was the quarterback of that team and killed it. Like he was so good that whole year, and and <laughs> it just really sucks because it's there's so much revisionist history with Marcus Mariota. Like, oh, he left because Marcus was coming in. Like you, you saw it, it's like okay, maybe. You're still like, oh, sorry, sorry, the quarterback who got us to a national championship game kept us competitive in the game with no yeah. running game whatsoever and then won us a Rose Bowl. Yep, you would have lost to Marcus, one of the greatest <laughs> college football players of all time. It's so unfortunate. I feel, God, man. I know he's fine or whatever. Like, everybody on that team knows how well he did and everything. But, man, he he deserves a lot more credit then he gets he is not appreciated for how well he did so but i think there were a lot of things like technically that were really lacking from darren thomas's game he didn't have a nice deep ball Mm -hmm. he really only threw bullets like kind of like what jeremiah Masoli did right um he wasn't. His throwing motion wasn't great. You know, there were a lot of things wrong that didn't make him an NFL quarterback. Not even on like a practice level. Mm-hmm. You can already see everything that how Tiner runs. Like if you you can take out a lot of clips of Tiner's highlights and say, yeah, this guy can be a top NFL running back. The biggest issue, though, that he has is he only looked like a top NFL running back for, like, eight games.
1: Yeah, I think he's got it before he has success at that next level or even, like, gets considered in the draft. I think he's got to show that he can do that for a whole season.
0: Oh, yeah. I think... I think... I think that if he went to the NFL now, he would be drafted in the latter rounds... Because there's Mm -hmm. really no resume for him. There's, like, eight games where you're like, wow, this kid killed it. And he did. He was unbelievable. Like, when he was injured and then uh, Royce Freeman came in and just started tearing it up, he had a little more urgency. Like, he was running way more downhill, like, one cut. Like, he was trying to do, like, so much juking and try to hit the home run, like, every time. That he kept mm-hmm. passing up good opportunities and hope for like the great one that just never showed up. And then once he came back, he was like a totally different running back. Like that entire latter half, I thought he looked better than Royce Freeman. Um mm-hmm. and I think based on that, he would be successful in the NFL. Like he's got all the athletic tools to do it. He's shown that he knows like how to play the position, but it's a very risky bet, especially with how running backs are valued so little by NFL teams. Like, running backs don't get paid unless you're like Todd Gurley, Adrian Peterson, one of those guys who really like transcends the position. And you can kind mm-hmm. of like way outperform whatever your offensive line allows you to. And Tyner hasn't shown that he's one of those guys. So I think he could be maybe as high as a third-round pick. I think at its its highest, I think if he comes back, I mean, that's highest. Like, he could even be, like, a fifth-round pick just based on how running backs are valued and teams don't want to take a pick on a guy who gets injured a lot. Right. Like, like, you can get guys off the waiver wire who can come in for like a few weeks and just do fine. Like it doesn't matter if you have like a Ferrari, if it's always missing a wheel and that type of thing. (laughs) Um, I think if he comes back for another year, puts it together for a full season, stays healthy, he could be a second round pick. Yeah, I could, I could see that. He could easily be a second round pick. Also, I think it's a high-selling point, too, for NFL teams. If he if he kills it one year, he's shown you that he he can kill it, and he doesn't have, like, another 500 carries that a lot of other running backs have. Yeah. <laughs> he's been injured yeah, yeah, so cause... often. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. honestly, though, like, getting... So that like
1: whole shelf life thing.
0: Yeah. Like, running backs only have so many carries. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. why like, a lot of guys would be like... No, if you can go to the NFL and you're a running back, go to the NFL, get paid. Because if you take another, like, 300 carries, that's, like, another... If you take, like, 250 carries in a college season, that's almost two NFL seasons. If yeah. you're, like, that's almost, like, two rookie years or whatever. Like, even if you're making the league minimum, that's, like, half a million dollars.
1: hmm
0: Like... As much as people say, like, oh, I'm gonna come back and get, I'm gonna st- keep my degree, that stuff. Like At Buckner did it. Business decision. Yeah, like Buckner did it. He was like, I want to get a degree. That's been my goal since I've been here. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. If that's what you didn't want to do, that's fine. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But you can go to college whenever. Like you have three years. Go like, if I had a kid who was in college and he finished up three years and he was like, I want to go to the NFL. I would say, go to the NFL. You can come back and get your degree when you're done. Cause like, when you go to the NFL, that's your job. Like you're not doing really anything else outside of that. Yeah. Come back and get your degree afterwards. You know what I mean? There's only, you can go to college whenever you have about eight years, on the long end, when you can be min- making money in the NFL. So, although I think Buckner coming back is going to be like a top five, top eight draft pick, and he was kind of like early second round draft pick, like that's going to be such a huge money difference. He's going to make millions more every year.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous how just by based on like where you go in the first round like the sheer amount of money that you're making or losing just based on those you know how how high or low you go it's and it's not like the gap has been narrowed since then you know since like previous years it's not quite as ridiculous but it's still like if you know you're going to make money and if you're, like, guaranteed to be a a top 10 pick, like, you got to start thinking about your future at that point. Yeah. I always, like, I always use the whole, like, the whole Matt Barkley thing as the example. Could have gone one year, could have been the number one pick, could have made his millions. Even if it never panned out for him, could have made his millions. Mm -hmm. But instead, he came back to school just... You know, fell. What was he like? A a third round pick or something in the draft. Uh-huh. Lost out on tens of millions of dollars, and I. It's that's that's kind of always what I think about. It's just like at that point, you kind of just got to think about your financial future.
0: Oh yeah. Um, view on Saturday, playing Stanford. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half point underdog. Uh, what is your prediction?
1: My prediction is uh, I'm going to go. I, I I think Stanford's going to come out on top. Um.
0: Really going out on a loop.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's a bold prediction.
0: Um, Hot take.
1: They they've been you know they've been one of the hotter teams in the country ever since their opening week.
0: The a little Virginia's mishap there. Schedule.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Thirty five. I'll, I'll go thirty five twenty seven. Stanford.
0: Oh, so Oregon covers.
1: Yeah, I, think, I
0: like that take. Um, man, everybody wrote Stanford off after Week One. I wrote them <laughs> off. I I thought they were soft. They looked so so bad against Northwestern. Like, I I think everybody who watches Stanford now should go back and watch that game and just be like, "Wow, this is the same team." Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, man, that line was not doing. Anything, and now that line is killing it, like as good as Christian McCaffrey is, his line is an opening up oh semi truck wide holes he's not doing every he's not getting like 300, 300 yards a game, and I really think that the Stanford offensive line is going to just demolish. Yeah. I'm so afraid of seven yards of carry.
1: That's I, I see like a like another Toby Gerhardt episode on our hands coming.
0: Oh my god! I think our offense matches up well against their defense. Mm-hmm. But their offense, I think, the, the advantage they have on offense over our defense is greater than they've managed our offense has over their defense. Yeah. So, although, as Kalon pointed out earlier in the quack fix, like yesterday or today, the numbers have never been accurate on this year's team. And a lot of those numbers take place with, are factored in without Vernon Adams and Darren mm-hmm. Carrington. But, uh, I mean, hopefully they're peaking at the right time. So, I mean, Kevin Hogan's been playing well. And I always joked that he was actually – that the more you ha- – it was so weird. Like, Kevin Hogan's, like, this pro quarterback and everything. Yet you know, if he – whenever he threw more than 15 passes in a game, like, uh, Stanford's winning percentage just plummeted. Like, <laughs> yeah. like name, name me a professional quarterback where the more they throw, the worse the team gets.
1: That's usually not the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not like, oh, Marcus is just throwing way too much. We're definitely losing now.
1: <laughs> we're we're screwed. They let him throw the ball too much.
0: We're having to rely way too much on our quarterback. Oh, man, we're tubed. Like, I don't know. It's just Stanford is very boring on offense. They run two tight ends and a fullback on, like, one drive. It's just like – it. They'll have like it's seven offensive linemen. It's, it's the what offense?
1: It's the phone booth offense. It's like <sighs> piling everyone up into a phone booth in really tight quarters and just.
0: Yeah, I always said uh, Oregon likes fighting in like a big ring, and Stanford likes fighting in a phone booth.
1: Yep, that's exactly what it is.
0: So, man, I really want to beat Stanford. But, you know what? At the end of the day, we beat Washington. So, it's all we can really ask for. (laughs) So, I'm pretty much cool. We said it. We were just like, nope. We are cool with beating Washington. We're not going to do this thing where it's like, we're cool with beating Washington in a couple weeks. No, we have to beat these people. We're cool with beating Washington. This this season is success. We're going to get 15 practices. I'm cool. But, I'd really, really like to beat Stanford.
1: That'd be really nice. if If... If we can't have nice things, then
0: neither can I. (laughs) Nobody can. Let's just go to recruiting real quickly since these guys have already signed letters Mm -hmm. of uh, intent and everything. We have like five guys now uh, who are starting early in January. A few four stars, a couple three stars, and these are some like already well grown dudes like one of them is like a defensive end who's like 6'4 280 he's 18 like that doesn't make sense i'm confused <laughs> jesus and there's another outside linebacker who's like 6'2 200 pounds it's like i don't know i still i just don't understand i just don't understand so i'm pumped especially 43 on kickoff
1: mm-hmm.
0: he is blowing people up on kickoff coverage He's so great. Whenever there's kickoff, I just watch him. He's so fast. He just wrecks people. Oh, man. The guy who, uh, the guy he was going against in the Cal game ended up just getting so pissed at him. The guy had, like, three penalties in a row on kickoff return. Yeah. Like, the guy was so visibly upset. I was, like, really surprised the refs didn't throw a flag at one point. Like, dude, you're out of control. Um. And then also, Haston Willis wrote an article on Oregon basketball picking up two guys, Peyton Pritchard, who's out of mm-hmm. Westland, Oregon, and MJ Cage, who's from uh, Santa Ana out of out of modern day. Uh, so big. Big big day. Um, and there's still tomorrow's like the last day of early letter of intent. So the guys who signed um, for football, I believe they've all said they're going to show up in January, which I think is unfortunate that you're going to like skip the last year, the last half year of high school because that's really kind of like the last free lunch you get in life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And there's just like a ton of fun you can do at that point. But hey, if you're really set on just like, I mean, if you value uh your college football career more than kind of like these last few months then I totally get it. I just think that's kind of a bummer because it can be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. So, Oregon plays tomorrow night. Okay, no, so by the time you listen to this there will still be two days of signing. Um. So, based on when you're hearing this, tomorrow night the Ducks have their first uh, basketball game. Um, they are playing at home against Jackson State in the Global Sports Shootout. It's on the Pac-12 Network, 7 p.m. Um, what? I know you've been following uh, basketball pretty closely thus far mm-hmm. in the lead up to it. What's your take on, um, like? You brought up a great question on our Lost pod, um, and it was, it was like, did Ernie Kent has did not eat, meet expectations more than he right. did meet? There has never been a year where Dana Altman didn't exceed expectations.
1: Exactly, and I think what'll be interesting this year is that expectations are actually high for once this year.
0: We don't know who anybody is, but we just kind of know.
1: There's like, there's a pretty good group of like core guys coming back, you know, like, um, you know, Dwayne Benjamin and Dylan Brooks, guys like those, like they're, they're back. And then there's just like a whole fresh crop of young talent with some five stars dabbled in there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know Tyler Ennis transferring in. It's um, it's gonna be. I have I have very high hopes for this year, which is like just the. I, I was also just mixing up names right there because it's we're doing another late night quack. I called him Tyler Ennis. It's uh, Dylan Ennis and Tyler Dorsey. I was morphing them into like one superhuman basketball player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just an um, FYI to anybody that's listening. It's minute sixty-eight. We do this really late at night, just because of our schedules. Yeah.
1: It's uh, so that's gonna be Dana Altman's next recruiting strategy: is just morphing talented players together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but but no, I think I think it'll be a good season. Um, we play what thirty-two games?
0: Yeah, thirty-two.
1: I'd say. I'd say we'll go like 24 and 8 during the regular season Um, I think that'd be a safe bet and then you know earlier I was saying I think this could be an elite 8 team I think that's a little lofty Uh I'm gonna tone it back one step to sweet 16 but Hmm. I still I think this is a a guaranteed tournament team this year
0: okay okay okay
1: so it'll be it'll be exciting I'm looking forward to it
0: yeah I'm always one of those see I like coming into a game like I just don't know how to read basketball stats like the way I see like football stats and everything pander out right because it's much more fluid than football is in a lot of ways so it's there's a lot more variables, so you can't just. Which is why I think advanced stats for basketball is like the most fun at this point. That's why I mm-hmm. think it's the best form of advanced stats because it's like perfectly matches like what you see with numbers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Where baseball
0: is like all numbers, and football is all what you see. Um, I'm psyched. I think Dwayne Benjamin is fantastic. Dylan Brooks, super stoked. Who would you say fills in? as the dominant scorer? Or is anyone going to take over the go-to guy since Joseph Young is no longer there?
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I would... Man. I want to say... I want to say it's going to be one of the newcomers either Tyler Dorsey or Kendall Small, I think one of those guys is just going to, like, blow it out of the gate, just, like, just blow up right out of the gates. Um, But I I think... I think one of those guys has the potential to be, like, the replacement for Joseph Young. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Dylan Ennis has said, like, he wants to be in kind of more of, like, a true point guard scoring role. Um, I think at the end of the year, I think, like, if you had to pick a team MVP, though, I think I'd lean towards, I think Dylan Brooks is going to have a huge season. And I think he's going to kind of be that go-to guy.
0: Uh-huh. I,
1: I think that the younger guys, like, you know, Dorsey and... And Kendall Small, and and those guys, their time will come. Um, I mean, Dylan Brooks is only he's only a sophomore too, but I just I think that he's going to go off this year, and I think he's going to be like that go-to guy.
0: Uh huh. I think Jordan Bell was my favorite player from last year's. Yeah, I just loved I, the Swats. Yeah. He just is just, just. I he was the most fun player to watch. So I'm looking at Dylan Brooks. Uh, no, that's not him. Who's the guy? I was just looking at. Uh, Tyrod Dorsey. Mm. Mm. 6'4", Six four one eighty. You think he's gonna be like the shooting guard role since the the Villanova? Uh.
1: Yeah, Dylan ends. Dylan Ennis is gonna be the point guard. Redshirt senior,
0: I like that. A little mm-hmm. bit older, a little bit wiser. Got some um, experience there. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Tyler Dorsey, 6'4", 180, probably a shooting guard. 23rd best recruit in the country. He was a McDonald's All-American. 2015 Gatorade to play of the year in California. It was on the Greek national team. It's pretty good. Yeah huge fan so also I'd like to point out that it's personal reads he's a business major you aren't a business major when you're a freshman you're a pre-business major
1: <laughs> you are pre-business
0: you are pre-business like you don't, you, you don't have yeah
1: you have not survived the requirements yet yeah like
0: I mean obviously he'll get it because he's an athlete but
1: yeah we, we definitely I mean come on we don't we don't bend the rules for athletes at University of Oregon what are you talking about
0: well the business school is like <laughs> it's you uh, well I mean with the JQA Center he's gonna get like the minimum grades to like even apply and then he's gonna get in because that's what happens when you provide a air quote service to the school <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, though, that's like that's like one of the benefits um, yeah. of being an athlete is you get cut a few breaks because, I mean, he is going to be playing basketball. Like, let's not lie, though, and say he's going to be here to graduate.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like
0: he's going to go pro um, as, as soon as possible, because that's how college basketball <laughs> works, because the one and done years rule is an absolute joke. <laughs> um, he
1: didn't come here to play school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you're coming to play school. Oh, yeah. Everyone who's voting Ohio State to be a top four team, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you are out of your mind. They have looked good against two teams, neither of which are 500. And one of them was Rutgers. They are tire fire. Um, man, there was there was one guy on, like, College Game Day File. It wasn't Tessitori. It was... Uh, it was somebody else who's making his top five, and he's like, number one, got to go to Ohio State, picked up the win, they did it with a backup quarterback. Their backup quarterback is Cardale Jones. That is not, like, a badge of honor. That is mm-hmm. that is a cakewalk. You can't have, like, this quarterback battle between, like, these two amazing quarterbacks and be like, eh, well, they won with the backups like, dude, their backup is, like, considered going pro. Their backup almost went pro, and people say like, "Yeah, he's gonna be a dra- he's gonna be like a mid round draft pick." You beat Minnesota by fourteen points with a backup quarterback who's probably going pro. That is not an impressive win. <laughs> yeah. That is not impressive. Uh, Virginia Tech is four and five with losses to Miami. They lost to Miami. They barely. They looked awful against Hawaii. Looked awful against Northern Illinois looked okay against Western Michigan, terrible to Indiana, decent against Maryland, but anybody looks decent against Maryland. I guess they had a good win over uh seven and three Penn State um I guess that's their best win so far this year is a win over Penn State <laughs> like although they have three games left uh at Illinois. It's going to be at 9 a.m. If they lose that game, I will laugh so hard. I will laugh (laughs) so hard. Because the only school with a rougher week than Missouri right now is Illinois. Yep. Um, And then uh, Ohio State plays host Michigan State on the 21st. And then is at Michigan on the 28th. If they lose at Michigan the entire state of Michigan might erupt. Like, all the yeah, cash points exactly. will be sold out. Oh, my God. Yeah, Ohio State has no business being ranked. Like, Memphis should have been ranked above Ohio State last week. Oklahoma should be ranked higher than Ohio State. Or Oklahoma State. Actually, you know what? I think Oklahoma would beat Ohio State at this point. Mm-hmm. So... It's just I see these I see these playoff rankings and it's like I don't get how uh, how these rankings are done Clemson number one that makes sense Alabama number two that makes sense Iowa how is Baylor below Notre Dame? How is Oklahoma State below Notre Dame
1: every everyone loves Notre Dame.
0: Oklahoma State should be number four. Iowa should be five. That's not true. Oklahoma State should be four. Baylor should be five. Iowa uh, should be six. Um, I just don't understand how TCU is below Michigan, Michigan State, and Oklahoma. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how Florida State with losses to Clemson and Georgia Tech is below or is above like Navy. Houston is still undefeated and they're twenty fourth. Are you kidding me? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Houston should be like a top fifteen team. Probably top I'd maybe put them thirteen. I would put them thirteen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't understand these rankings these rankings mean absolutely <laughs> I don't take these rankings seriously these rankings are a joke uh what is it? I mean only the top four matter and I think they even botched those like it should be Clemson Alabama um Oklahoma state and Baylor Although I'd really like Iowa to win the national championship. That'd be really funny. So, big big week of college football, though. We got a big week. We got, like, uh, Oklahoma at Baylor, where game day is. Oklahoma's probably the best team in the Big 12 right now, um, Oregon, Stanford. It's big, big year.
1: Yeah, November is always Good fun week. for college football.
0: Yeah, especially with the Big 12 when sandbag in September and October, not doing anything.
1: It's when the season really heats up.
0: Yeah. When the winter, when the temperature drops, college football heats up. <laughs> ESPN, get at me, though. All right. Well, we have gone on for almost 80 minutes now.
1: Making up for lost time. Yeah,
0: yeah. So all you guys, all you guys that were wondering where the Quack Fix was last year, we got two <laughs> heaping scoops. Two <laughs> Here hee- it is. Yeah, seriously. So, all right. Closing comments.
1: Closing comments. I I hope like hell I'm wrong about my prediction. Yeah, me too. And
0: you also picked Washington to beat Oregon.
1: I did, and I'm glad I was wrong about that one, so maybe I'll be wrong about this one.
0: Yeah, hopefully. So, all right, well, that'll do it for us. I'm Rusty. That's Sean. We just wrapped up another week of Sling and Quack. And hopefully, hopefully, next week, hopefully we'll be potting next week, A, B, Hopefully, we'll be potting about a duck win over both Jackson State and Stanford. Mostly Stanford. Yeah, buddy. All right, that'll do it for us. See you guys next week when you guys uh, make your way down to Hamsterdam.